Hi, everyone. This is Jen Petrie, and we are here once again with our Hernia U podcast. Today, I am really, really excited to be talking to Brett Cardwell, who is out at the Cleveland Clinic, Abu Dhabi. How are you, Dr. Cardwell? I'm doing very well, thank you. How are things going in Abu Dhabi? How are things now with COVID? What are you seeing? Um, What are your expectations for the Cleveland Clinic in Abu Dhabi? Well, first, I would say, like every hernia surgeon in the world, we're not being hernia surgeons right now, because with this worldwide pandemic, all hospitals are having to either currently be active taking care of patients with the, with the COVID virus or preparing for it. And we've been blessed in this part of the world that we have had a little bit of extra time to prepare. So for the past nearly month, we have been working on, on plan A, plan B, plan C for what to do when we start seeing the increase in COVID patients. And so a week ago, we shut down elective surgery. And we, we shut it down really for two reasons. One is to conserve the personal protective devices that we potentially need over the next several months for these infected patients. And the other is that we were asked by leadership to increase the capacity of the hospital to handle medical critical care patients. So we have converted some of our our recovery room space into ICU. And that means- retraining nurses because our recovery room nurses are now being trained to work as ICU nurses, Uh, retraining our anesthesia technicians. They're being trained to work as respiratory therapists and to help uh, buff up the skills of our anesthesiologists who will become intensive care physicians in these ICUs. And so our, our hospital is designed to be a 300-bed hospital, and we have a plan where we can immediately add 12 ICU beds, followed by 12 more wow. in about a five-day period, followed by a total of 90, a 30% capacity increase if we need to. And, wow. you know, it's it's been an amazing response and work by the whole team. And what are, what are the expectations for all these cases that had to be canceled? Um, when will you start bringing those back in? That, I think that those are going to be a couple months out. You know, in this part of the world, we're going to very quickly in April run into Ramadan um, right. And Ramadan in the Muslim world, uh, for most hospitals, is a big drop-off in elective surgeries because of the religious holidays. And that'll last a month. So we're going to go from COVID to Ramadan to June. And so I don't expect that we're going to start seeing elective surgeries in this part of the world coming back until June. Um, Across the world, what that has meant is huge revenue losses for hospitals. Because imagine a hospital who is dependent, like most are, on procedures for generating revenue. 
and suddenly you cancel 75% of those and you start spending extra money preparing for this, this humanitarian disaster that could occur. All of these hospitals right now are losing money and yet all of them are choosing to do the right thing, which is to get ready okay. to take care of people. That's really incredible. Yeah, I mean, we canceled or delayed over 600 elective surgeries. You know, and I guess my next question for you, and it's the thing when I first reached out that was on my mind, is you and your wife moved over to Abu Dhabi. What was it, two years ago, three years ago now? How long have you been in Abu Dhabi? Five years already. Oh, my gosh. I'm okay. Five years. And I mean, how, how, as an expat, like someone who's moved to a completely different country, how how are you guys dealing with not being in, in your home country during these times? Is there any difference? Is it better? Is it worse? Is it, is there, is it the same? How do you view that? Well, I, I think the, the positive side is that the, the United Arab Emirates is a very young country, average age, less than 35 years of age. It's a country that has vast amounts of resources and is has got a government that thinks along the humanitarian basis and is willing to invest those resources. So I, I personally think that being in the Emirates for my wife and I is one of the safest places in the world to be right now. But every one of us, when there's something bad going on, would prefer to be next to family. You know, my wife and I both have, all of our parents are still alive. My, my dad and my stepmom are still alive. My wife's parents, um, we have adult children and grandchildren in the United States, would love to be there to support them and help them, but we're locked down here, we can't travel. Uh, but you know, with all of the technology nowadays, like a podcast, you know, <laughs> I, I am I am able to communicate with them on a regular basis through different video chat formats. Uh, you know, my ten-year-old grandson, I talked to him on FaceTime the other day. You know, <laughs> he doesn't like doing homeschooling homework. You know, all all of those normal <laughs> things. Um, without that technology, I think it would be much more difficult. And that leads into my, my next and, and final question is as a surgeon during these times of isolation, like what, how are you and your colleagues connecting? Is it still just through zoom? I mean, how is there, what are, what technologies are you using to connect, to learn, to collaborate with your colleagues around the world? Um, Almost every one of the video conference or video chat technologies I see being used, uh, we're using a lot of WebEx, you know, yeah. um, which a month ago I would have told you that I had used three or four times, and now <laughs> I right. probably use it five times a day. You know, I... I <laughs> I'm amazed at how quickly I've gotten used to the technology. Um, I still uh, are of that 
era where I would much rather talk to somebody face to face. You know, I, whether it's colleagues or whether it's patients, I, I love the personal contact. I love seeing the change in somebody's face as they show that they understand what we're talking about. You know, yeah. those things are missing with all of these technology interactions. But at the hospital, we're doing more than 70% of our clinic patient visits through virtual visits. Wow, our, that's incredible. Our IT team has rolled out a system in about a 10-day period that it would normally take somebody two years to get up and running and do all the testing. And by next week or the end of, of the week after, we'll have the ability to do video virtual visits with our patients and when appropriate, store parts of the video into our electronic medical record. And, and th those quantum changes will never go away. It's going to alter how we do medicine in the future. You know, I, I completely agree. And it's funny as you're talking, you know, my first reaction is like, wow, that's, that, that's so impressive because it is. But, you know, I have to tell you, ever since I've come out and visited you at the Cleveland Clinic and seen what it is, I, I tell everybody if they have not had an opportunity to see the Cleveland Clinic Abu Dhabi, it is one of the most beautiful beautiful places I've ever been. And to, to hear that your team is just several steps forward of everybody else, it, it almost comes at no surprise. It's almost an expectation just because you have such a great team being led by yourself and the others out there and such a fabulous clinic. It's, it, it almost seems like it's at, at the same par that you would expect it to be. Well, and you know, when I, when I came out here five years ago, um, yeah, in the surgery department, it was interesting because we had surgeons from five or six different countries, each, you know, being asked to practice in the American Cleveland Clinic style. And I thought, oh, this is not going to work. And I will <laughs> tell you what, that this is the most coherent surgery department I've ever worked with. You know, um, every person in our department, if you ask them to do something extra or if you need help, they step up and do it. And it, it's been the whole time that I've been here, a really fun group of people to work with. And we're, we're up in the surgery and colorectal department. You know, we have 20 surgeons. You know, it's a huge Incredible. department. Well, I think on that positive note, I want to thank you for once again taking the time to sit down with me today and talk about what is happening with you, your, your family, as well as the, the Cleveland Clinic in Abu Dhabi. Thank you for your time, Dr. Cardwell, and thank you to our Hernia U audience, and I look forward to our next podcast.